How do you start your day? Are you focused, energized, and tuned in to your higher self? Or do you wake up anxious, unmotivated, and already overwhelmed by your giant to-do list? Welcome to Coffee with the Universe with Laura Goldstein, where we'll have inspiring and practical conversations around how to reverse daily struggle and show up calm, collected, and confident instead. As a psychotherapist, spiritual advisor, yoga teacher, and influential speaker, Laura will discuss all things morning routine for increased productivity, mental clarity, greater connection with self, and better decision-making. So grab your favorite cup of joe and come sit down with Laura. Coffee with the Universe starts now. Hello and welcome to Coffee with the Universe. I'm Laura Goldstein and I am your host for the show. Why Coffee with the Universe? Well, how you start your day sets the tone and foundation for the rest of your day. So when you have a morning routine, a little ritual for yourself, that sets you up to be grounded, connected to your higher self, calm, then the rest of your day carries with that energy. The opposite is to start your day all frazzled and running out the door like a bull in a china shop, but then that just sets the day for a lot of stress, tension, and anxiety. So welcome to Coffee with the Universe. Today, we are going to be talking about the mind. The mind is a brilliant tool, but it also is not a very good coach. And we typically ask the mind for all kinds of advice from who we should marry, where we should go on vacation, what our future will look like. And this is not really what the mind is designed for. So in this episode, I really want to talk about how it can lead you on this wild goose chase. I want to talk about what the mind really is designed for and how can you, you can really harness the strength of your mind as a tool and some things that you can do to stop allowing your mind to be in control and run the show. All right, before we get started, just a little housekeeping. Normally, this is a live call-in show. However, at the time that you are listening to this, I'm going to be in Batumi, Georgia. No, not the state of Georgia, but the Republic of Georgia. I don't know about you, but I actually had to go and look up where it was because I was like, where the heck is the Republic of Georgia? And apparently it's it's on the sea, so it is nice. However, it does border some countries that are not so nice. Um, so anyway, we are not doing any call-ins in this episode. So it's just myself and my producer, Edvin, who could probably tell you better where Georgia is than I can, right? Because you're 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 kind of from that region, yes? Oh, oh, I'm from southeastern Europe, but Georgia's closer to the middle the Middle East. So, oh, okay, okay. I knew that. I knew like you are a uh, uh, Europe. What do you do? You consider yourself European from like heritage? Well, I yes. So I, I am Slavic. I was born in. Uh, I was well. I was born in Remscheid, Germany, which is just on the outside of Frankfurt. 
and but I am ethnically I am from Bosnia, so it's a former Yugoslavian country. And but yeah, I I'm like one of those like those uh, puppies that you get at the puppy mill, and they're just like yeah, you don't even know what kind of breed they are. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and I think like, is it wasn't Georgia part of like, okay, so just a disclaimer, I was like a C minus history and geography student. So, um, but I thought like Georgia was part of um, what was known as Russia and, and just kind of separated. Um, but I don't know. Not, um, to be honest, I'm not that, not that sure. Um, I always knew that Georgia was a country. And I was like, oh, there's a Georgia in, in, in the United States as well. But I'm not too, you know, I'm not too uh, sure of their history. Yeah, I'm not either. But I guess I'm going to find out. Oh, uh, a you couple will. Years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll find out. Um, a couple of years ago, we went to Azerbaijan and it was the same thing. I'm like, where the hell is Azerbaijan? Um, so I found out exactly where that was in a cool little country, very modern uh, very secular, even though it's, it's predominantly Muslim, but, uh, it was, it was really interesting. I was like, who would have thunk had no idea. So this will be an experience for me, but anyway, as everybody's listening to this, that's where I will be. And I'll have a much better clue as to where I am in the world. Um, as you are listening to this. All right. So let's talk about what we want to talk about today, which is the mind the reason why I wanted to discuss it is because I have found increasingly over the years, especially as I dove more into yoga, yoga philosophy, and started teaching yoga, I realized that my mind was just like, it was really messing me up. Um, at the time, I was trying to find my purpose, and it was like I was racking my brain to find the answers. You know, what is, what is my purpose and, and what do I want to be doing and how will I get there and what should it look like? And I kept kind of running after things like I would have this great idea and I'd be like, oh, let me go you know, learn more about tarot and get, you know, some tarot certifications. I really like this. I, you know, I'm really good at it. And so let me go for that. And I would like run towards that. And then I would garnish some, I, I guess, you know, skills from that, that was helpful, but then I was still left with that questioning, you know, always questioning you, what was my greater purpose? What am I meant to be doing with my life? So then I'd have another brilliant idea. Like my mom would be like, oh, you need to go and get an Akashic record certification. So I'd be like, oh, this is fantastic. And, you know, I would run after that and I would, I would get that. It'd be a great tool and it would really help me and serve my clients. But then I was again, left with that, flat feeling of what, you know, th this really isn't it. This isn't the thing. And what I learned as I was going through this process, and again, getting more into yoga and yoga philosophy is that I was looking to my mind to solve this problem. And the problem is really not the point. It can be any problem. It could be, you know, finding you know, the love of your life, being in a relationship, it could be related to health struggles. The point is that we're constantly trying to find and discover 
ways of getting what we want and solving our problems by asking our mind. And this kind of looks like, oh, you know, will I like that? Well, well, what if I don't like it? You know, maybe I should do this, but, you know, maybe it's not going to really work that well for me. And do, do I really want to be in a cubicle all day? And do I really want to do this? Is it in my gifts? Is it, is it my strengths? Is this really in my zone of genius? So it's like we, we go through what we like, what we don't like, what we want, what we don't want. Um, and then we also ask it to like be our fortune teller. Gosh, what will my life be like in five years? I know, I know some business people, they have like a three-year plan and a five-year plan. And I used to do that too. Like I used to set out like, you know, in three years, this is what my business is going to look like. And this is what my life is going to look like. I think more people now are doing that with their life too. It's kind of like my life's vision for three years. And I don't know. Do you do that, Edvin? Do you uh, do like life plans? To be honest with you, I try not to plan out as much. I mean, I'll have goals rather than plans because a lot of the times when you try to plan things, it just doesn't really work out for you. Um. But when you set goals for yourself, small little goals that lead to a bigger goal, I think those are more achievable than trying to plan things out, in, in, in my experience, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. And I think that when we use our mind for what it's designed for, then setting goals based on achievability is precisely why our, our mind is there. You know, we're using it for the right pur purpose. But I think so many people are taught that, oh, let's have this grand vision and design your life five years, 10 years from now, because when you do that, you will manifest, you know, great things from the universe. And I know I say that with a little sarcasm, and I think it's because in my personal experience, I've realized that when we're using our mind to kind of create life based on what we think we want and don't want we're almost doing ourselves a disservice because we're not allowing things to unfold in front of us. We're not taking the opportunity to say, hey, what is presented to me? And can I be open to this? Because if this doesn't look like how my mind thinks it should be and what my mind told me it should be, then I might just discount it and say, oh yeah, no, that's, that's not for me or, not even pay attention to it, but I might be missing out on something super important or maybe even a gift that the universe is delivering to me. So I feel like when we use our mind to try and predict our future or create this idea of what it should be, then again, if it, if it doesn't turn out how we want, there's like this great disappointment. Like somehow I failed. I failed to create this vision for myself. And I'm not saying like, don't ever have like a vision or some semblance of direction. I mean, we all need to have some semblance of direction. I'm just saying, what are you doing with your mind? Are you asking your mind to plan your future and, and give you guidance as to what it thinks it should be like? Or are you using your mind to process information like it was designed to do? 
And we'll get a little bit more into that later. But I just, I want everybody to understand how our mind can really just lead us on a wild goose chase. Because to be honest, our mind has no idea. When you ask your mind, should I marry Bob or Susan? It doesn't know. I mean, your mind is a development of your experiences. It's just a storehouse of what you've already experienced, starting from when you were a child, as well as stored judgments about those experiences. Some are good and some are bad. And here's the kicker. It doesn't matter whether these experiences are good or bad. It still does the same. It still has the same detrimental effect. So for example, let's say, you know, as a kid, you grew up in a home where, you know, your parents were always fighting and arguing and things like that. You've now stored the information about, you know, marriage is not fun. It's not good. There's a lot of arguing. Therefore, as an adult, oh, I'm never getting married. I mean, I saw what it was like as a kid. I'm not going to do that. So your mind is, is trying to solve this problem of, as a child, I didn't understand what a healthy marriage looked like. So therefore, I'm going to just try and avoid it. And here's what you should do based on this experience. Uh, and the same goes for like a, a positive event. Let's say your parents had the perfect marriage. And now as an adult, you can never keep a relationship because you are looking for that 100% perfection in a soulmate. And oh my gosh, it, it has to be like this. If it's not like this, then it's not a, a meaningful, good relationship. So our mind, again, is trying to solve our problem of, hey, I'm lonely. I want to be in a relationship with someone, but based on only what it's experienced, that's all that it knows. So when you're trying to solve a problem from the chaos of only that you know, then you're just going to be kind of stuck in that chaos. There is a quote. I can't I can't remember who it's from. I think it's is it Einstein? I don't know, Edvin, you might know, where it's like you can't solve a problem from the you know source of its creation. Was that Einstein? I don't know. I'll uh, I'll look into that. I'll see if that is Einstein. <laughs> I don't know because I'm not sure. If, uh, I'm not honestly sure to be honest. <laughs> like who was that? I mean, it's like I know I can see that vividly, but it's like you can't you can't solve the, the, pro the problem from the the place of it of its creation. So, um, but that's so true, and that's what we're doing to our mind. We're constantly trying to seek advice from it. Um, it was Einstein, by the way. It was uh, we can't ah. solve we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. Oh, ding ding. Okay, mm -hmm. got it. All right. So, so my brain, my mind that is actually stores useful information did work in this case. <laughs> okay. So that, that's basically what I was kind of trying to get to in terms of just understanding that your mind can only do what you ask it to based on the resources that it's had. Um, and also, have you noticed how like you can change your mind in an instant? Here's another reason why 
it's not a good idea to seek life advice from your mind because one day like you love Brussels sprouts the next day you hate Brussels sprouts and we know this I mean just think about things that you've liked and then all of a sudden like you've changed your mind things that you liked when you were 20 years old you may not like now I used to like going out and you know, hanging out with my friends and going dancing and stuff. And now not so much. I would rather be snug as a bug in a rug by 9 p.m. That's what happens when you get old. But our minds change. What we like one day is not what we like another day. So there really isn't any legitimate consistency there. Uh, so when it's kind of leading us then to being on a roller coaster, like, oh, one day I'm headed this direction and oh, this isn't so good. It's not working out. Okay. Um, now I'm going to try this direction and that's going to be awesome because my mind said so. And I had a really good experience here. And then all of a sudden, well, it doesn't really feel right. Maybe I should go do this. And pretty soon we are all over the place. And it really just triggers us into a place of anxiety, not really being confident in our decisions and really being doubtful about the direction that we are going. All right, I am getting cues here that we need to take a break. So we're gonna do that. And when we come back, I want to talk about what the mind is really for. All right, so if we're not going to use it for advice, let's actually use it for what it was designed to be used for. I will see you after the break. You're driven, and it totally shows. Your career is taking off. You're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to Boss Up Babes, where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com. Are you ready to experience full body system wellness? Tune in to the Empower Me Show with Pam Bright, a spiritual toolbox for your life. Embrace the fullness of who you are as a spiritual being having a human experience. Pam Bright is a multidimensional healer, light language channel, energy intuitive, and spiritual transformation coach. Join her for a rich conversation about how to unlock all your spiritual gifts. Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. Have you known that you're on a soul path, but often wondered why you don't have the insight of how to go from here to there, or whether or not what you're doing is going to take you to where you want to go in your soul's journey? Damayante is the show for your soul. Damayante speaks to your soul, connects with your soul, and shines a light for your soul. Damayante, the show for your soul with Sarah Main, brings you insights and a pathway to your soul's journey on TransformationTalkRadio.com. The truth is funny. Shift happens with monthly guest host, Karen Button. Tune in for powerful conversations about health and wellness. Karen brings unique insights rich with humor and science to her discussions with experts in medicine, movement, psychology, spirituality, and so much more. Don't miss Karen on The Truth Is Funny every third Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Karen, visit KarenBetton.com. Welcome back to Coffee with the Universe. Today we are talking about the mind. Oh, the mind, how wonderful it can be, how 
frustrating it can be and how it can take us all over the place and leave us feeling doubtful, confused, um, even when some days we feel really confident because, you know, it's like right on and I'm feeling good and my mind is really just pumping me up and I'm excited. And the next day we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I should do. So this episode is all about the mind. In the first segment, we talked a little bit about how the mind is not really suited to give us advice and really help us with our life promise because it doesn't know the answer. And before I talk about how to solve your life problems, like what's a better way of doing it, I want to really help you understand what your mind is created for. Now, in a lot of spiritual communities, the mind and the ego are often the same thing, kind of like lumped together. And while they can fall in the same category, when I talk about the mind here, I want to make it a little bit neutral because ego does tend to have a bad rap. You know, it's the part of us that's very into I and me, and I want to be better than, and I want to be important. And our ego is not going away. So as much as you would like to banish your ego to someplace far, far away, we do have it. And it's there and it's okay. You don't have to listen to it, but it is there. However, our mind can also include like our, our brain functioning. So that's why I really wanted to kind of leave the ego out of it and just focus on, you know, our mind, our thinking process, our thought process. What is that designed for? So if you think about it, The mind is actually a really great tool. It's like a computer. Think about what we do with our mind. We process information. We weigh pros and cons. We keep track of time. We calculate to the extent that you can still calculate math in your head. We also have uh, storage, by the way. There's a memory. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so it is, it's like a computer. And when you are wanting to use your mind in the way that it's designed for, it's a good idea to say, Hey, would I ask this to my computer or what I would expect my computer to do this? And, and two, we have like these synopses, like computers run logic, right? All these programs, are all logic-based, if this, then that, and that's what our mind does. However, would you go in front of your computer and like open up a search box and say, should I marry Bob? You know, what would happen? Probably nothing. Or you might get a bunch of documents in there with like the word Bob in it or Mary. Better yet, would you Google, should I marry Bob? what would you get? Not the answer you're looking for, probably a bunch of like wedding websites, um, wedding dresses, wedding advice, you know, getting married, sob stories about getting married, who knows? 
Um, I don't know, what What do you find out? Edvin, Google, should I marry Bob and see what happens? I am curious. Yeah, let me do that, that real, really quick. <laughs> I'm curious too. Should I marry Bob? Should I marry Bob? Is he a good guy? <laughs> It'd be interesting. Uh, oh, it just gives you blogs about people, Bob and Linda Belcher and their marriage calls. <laughs> very unrelated. Yeah. <laughs> it's very goofy. Right. Well, and that's when we, when we're asking our minds, should we do this? Should we do that? That's exactly what we're doing. It's like, imagine Googling, should I go on vacation? Should I have three kids? What, you know, like, would you Google, what will my life be like in three years? It's like, who knows what you would get. You would get like a generator or something or like a test. You'd probably have to take like one of those personality tests to see where you'd be. That's my best guess. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where will you be in three years? Take this quiz. Those things are such a time suck. You're like, oh, gee, what Star Wars action figure am I? Let me take the quiz. (laughs) They take way too long. It's like 30 minutes for an answer that you can get from like a friend. (laughs) Like your best friend can just tell you where you'll be in like five years. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Great use of my time. Yeah. Yeah. So so our minds are not really the source of our inner wisdom. It's not our higher self. Um, it, it's not an actual um, source of, of like w- wisdom. And I know that, and, and really when we start wondering like what our future is going to be like, and should I do this and should I do that? it's almost like a manifestation of the dysfunctional part of our mind, because when we are using our mind, like, should I, should I, I don't know what's the right choice. It's really because we're afraid of failure and making the wrong choice. So by trying to use our mind to solve a problem that the mind has dysfunctionally created, it, it's not good. It just, you know, leads us down this path of, I don't know what, like non-answers, confusion. Um, and it, it makes you like, I think I was just getting so frustrated with myself. Um, I don't know if like you all get irritated with yourself, but sometimes it's like, I just get over myself. I'm like, seriously, I have like worked myself up into a frenzy today. I have, you know, put myself in the crapper just by like thinking negative thoughts. I've beaten myself up over things that I've done. Even like after these shows, like I'll finish a show and then my mind goes directly to, oh, you forgot to say this. Oh, why did you say it this way? Oh, you know what? Next show you need to do X, Y, Z. It starts like giving me unsolicited advice. And I'm like, wait a second. I didn't really ask for this. It's like an automatic function. So our mind is that computer that's always on. I don't know. Wouldn't that be nice if we could just like in a moment make our mind go to sleep like okay i'm shutting the computer screen you're going you know what to I sleep think, you know what i think that is i think meditation that's like a strong strong reboot like like you're saying for uh, i'd like to just turn off my computer turn it right back on yeah but i think meditation's perfect for that right it gives you that that moment of like clarity where you're not thinking of anything 
nothing's coming to your mind, where you're just giving your mind just a little reset. And I think that's important, especially if you're overriding your computer. You need to reboot it once in a while. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I really got into kundalini, the, the form of Ooh, kundalini yoga, nice. is because it incorporated that meditative piece. But also, you know what else I found um, that works really well for that is the pranayama, like the, the breath work. Um, the different forms yes. of breathing. It is that way to just, you know, shut that computer screen off and reboot. And I like that you said the word reboot. Um, that, that was an awesome word because, you know, like when your computer, like all of a sudden, like something freezes and it gets like stuck and you have to restart it it's almost like it refreshes it yeah you have to reboot it right well it's like yeah sometimes you're forced to other other times like you can't use um like one program mm. because it's like eternally stuck and you know you can do everything else but you can't use like your email or something like that um and it forces you to reboot what's it's the almost... human equivalent to like a computer crashing that's like what that could be like burnout right it, when, once yeah. you get to that point where it's it's too much and then you just override and crash essentially yeah burn it's like you know the, i like i hear those warning signs eh, eh, yeah. eh. <laughs> override override um yeah you know what i lost my thought i was thinking about something Re um, rebooting oh Why is that, oh yes yeah. rebooting also too i think that when we get stuck on a concept or a trajectory or a path because our mind has said go this way this is what you want this is what you're gonna like when it doesn't work out the way that we want and we feel this sense of failure and disappointment i almost feel like that's also a reboot phase like wait here i am i've followed my mind down this path to who knows where stop what am i doing start to kind of use your mind for for a logical okay where am i what are the facts right now what is going on and let me reboot so that i can start over maybe like going in the different direction but not just any direction because again your mind can take you there you definitely need to use, you know, the meditation, the pranayama, some of the tools that we'll talk about um, in a little bit to get to that place of, okay, after I've rebooted, here's now where I want to go. And it can be, and it can be challenging because the, the computer, the brain is always on, it's always working. The mind is always going and meditation can be hard. You know, I remember when I first took up yoga, I thought it was like a bunch of hogwash. And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, lying here on the floor at the end for like five or 10 minutes, 
it's like my mind was like, oh, this is the biggest waste of time. Why are we here? Why are we doing this? Oh, don't forget to put raisins on your grocery list. You need raisins and also, you know, get some more cheese. And uh, then it goes off to something else. And it was like, this is so stupid. This is a waste of time. I could be doing something productive. So even when we are aware of the tools to use, they, they don't always work because our mind is just kind of going. It's nonstop. Have you ever paid attention to your mind? Do you ever, do you ever just sit and listen to what it's saying? Um, yes, and I just can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, the, the trick, uh, the, whole, the whole trick to meditation is like not thinking about anything. And that's probably the hardest part. And I couldn't do it for a while. And a lot of the times your my mind just gets sidetracked. So the biggest thing I learned was this uh, this uh, this trick that Navy SEALs do. So they, they do like a breathing technique where you only focus on counting while you're breathing in and holding your breath and breathing out. So it's not that you're not trying so hard not to think. is that you are not thinking about anything except counting, just numbers. That's why people tell you to like count, you know, to 100 before you go to sleep because you're not worrying about anything else. You're just worrying about counting, <laughs> keeping your mind off everything that's going around in your life. And that's almost way too stressful. So, yeah, I, I, I try not to think as much as I can. <laughs> too much thinking. I know people sometimes use those mala beads, um, like uh, their, their beaded necklaces. And um, they, when they're meditating, they just kind of count and move from bead to bead as they're like doing mantras, because it does, it's like a distraction from the mind. It gets you to focus on a single object. And when we can focus on an object, whether it's um, like a candle or a bead or even a mantra, it actually stops the mind from being that runaway train because it's actually given a purpose. Like if you're sitting at your computer and you are typing or doing a task, it's busy in that process. But if you like leave it alone, and I hope your computer doesn't do this, but there's always like th things running in the background, stuff that we can't see. And when you have those things running in the background, the computer, you really don't know what's going on, especially if you have a virus on the computer and all, and it's like running amok, doing strange things on its own, maybe sending out like bulk emails with like porn links and things like that. It, you know, that's not a really good idea. And our, our mind is the same way. I, I was just thinking about that computer analogy. We have the programs running in the background. We have viruses, our negative stored experiences that are stopping us from repeat experiences by saying, oh, don't go there. That's bad. That's no good. We have those in us kind of running the show and we don't want that in the background running the show. We want it to be present, focused, concentrated on the now and really just paying attention to the task on hand. That's really what the mind was designed for. I know people are like, oh, I, I multitask. I'm a multitasker, but that isn't really a thing. 
you know, you don't really, even on your computer, when you switch from one program to another, it's not multitasking. It, you might be switching from one screen to another, but it's, it's doing one job at a time. It's either typing in Word, typing in email, one thing at a time. And that's what our mind is designed for. Okay, um, it is time to take another break. We talked a little bit about um, how to get your mind to stop talking. We'll dive more into that in the third segment where we talk a better way to solve your problems, create more inner peace and joy. So I'll see you after the break. Parenting isn't about perfection. I think we all know that. Parenting is about being present and honest, having compassion for your child and for yourself, communicating consciously and loving unconditionally. Tune into the Awakened Parent Project with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday at noon Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be an empowered parent through the techniques of the Conscious Parenting Community. To learn more about Susan, visit SusanDolce.com. It's time to shake out your money-making truth on Soul Wisdom Abundance with Jennifer Bloom, creating wealth from spiritual health on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show is more than your roadmap to success. It's your compass to abundance through joy and ease. Jennifer Bloom teaches you about the soul's relationship to money and wealth and how improving that relationship serves both you and the world. Learn more at JenniferBloom.com. Can't get enough of Eye of Soul Radio? Join psychic medium Jamie every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Take a deeper look at the raw side of spirit. Nothing is off limits. Connect with lost loved ones and explore these vulnerable subjects with the compassionate guidance of psychic medium Jamie. You are not alone. Eye of Soul, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, only on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The power of inspiration and awakening radio with Julia Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Hello and welcome back to Coffee with the Universe, where we are talking about the frustrations of the mind, the tendency to try and have it solve our problems and give us advice, the trouble that really it that it causes. And now we're going to dive into a better way to solve your problems, to create joy, to get it to stop irritating you with its constant chatter, uh, because it really can be irritating. Uh, it can be your cheerleader one day, and then the next day it can tell you how much you suck. And it's exhausting sometimes listening to the mind and uh, allowing it to make decisions for you based on what it thinks is good for you. And it honestly really has no idea. Um, and so, right, well, before we, I wanted to just talk a little bit about the states of mind before we go into 
a little bit more into meditation because we already talked a little bit about meditation and, and pranayama. What I found interesting when I started doing my yoga teacher training is we really talked about like, what is the purpose of yoga? And in the East, I mean, in the West here, United States, we tend to see yoga as a form of exercise and like a way to physically become stronger, to like tone our abs, to tone our butt, to like work, you know, like a cardio exercise, things like that. However, when you look at the Eastern philosophy of yoga, it's really the whole purpose of it is to seize the chatter and the fluctuations of the mind so that you can meditate. And I thought that was really fascinating because they see it as a completely different purpose, but it makes so much sense because if you don't operate from a calm mind, from a place of quiet, then you can't hear the self, the capital S self, the real self communicating to you. And our mind is not our real self. And we know this because we are aware of the thoughts of our mind. If we actually were our mind and our thoughts, we would have no awareness of what we were saying, but there is, there is a witness inside of us, that observer that knows when our mind is off and running, that has that awareness. So yoga is about calming the mind so that we can meditate and be more in tune with ourself. And there's a couple different states of mind. And I just found this interesting too. So I'm sharing it with you before we kind of go back to some tools that you can use. Um, and it, I'm telling you this because awareness is key. The, the very first thing that you can do, like the most basic, fundamental, yet most important thing you can do to stop the mind is to increase your, your, your awareness of what's going on. So your mind can be in a chaotic, um, like a chaotic or fickle state, kind of like up and down and yes and no. I, I kind of associate this with like a little bit of feeling manic. And yes, there's mental illness, that's mania, but we also have those days where we just feel like we are all over the place and we're like a runaway train and our mind is so busy and we just can't shut it up. So there's that state. Then we also have the dull or lazy state of mind, like feeling depressed, lethargic. Oh, what is the purpose? Why should I even bother? So we have that state of mind. We then have like a partially focused mind, which is, I think what most of us spend our, our current days in, it's like, we're sort of kind of aware and focused on stuff, but then we're also kind of distracted by other things. We then have a one-pointed mind, one that's really good at staying focused on one object. And this is like the point of meditation. And then we have that fully absorbed mind where like the, the object 
of our mind and the observer of it are like truly one. And this is Samadhi. Most of us have not gotten there yet, but hopefully we're working on it. So I just kind of thought this was interesting because it does show you how the mind changes so much and can really put you in a different state and can impact your emotions depending on like what level it's on. So just, and, and this is probably me because I like to geek out on this stuff. So I just thought that was worthy of a share. Okay, so let's talk about, we talked about meditation, right? Um, counting, focusing on an object, I'm using a mantra. That works well when meditating. And again, the point of meditating is to train the mind. Here's another quote. I don't know who said this, Edvin. You might have to look it up. Um, the mind, is it, is it a Buddhist quote? Um, the mind is a brilliant servant, but not a great master. I think it's a, the mind is a wonderful servant, but, but a terrible master. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, did I get that backwards? Uh, no, you, you, it was just a uh, verbiage, but it was oh, basically verbiage. basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know who said that. I don't know if there is a source. It might have been like a Buddhist quote. I don't know. But, it, but it's true. You know, the mind makes a terrible master because if you let the mind be in charge, then it just does whatever it wants. Um, kind of like if you got on your computer and like put a bunch of viruses on it, so it would just start doing whatever without you controlling it, not such a good thing. We want to train it to be a servant. And the best way to do that is through meditation. Also stop asking it what it thinks. Stop asking. So when you're trying to solve your life problems, should I marry Bob? And you're like, well, should I? And then you start like, well, you know, he's really nice and he's good looking and he's got, you know, good breath and he's cool. He's got a good job, doesn't have mommy issues. When you catch yourself doing that, just stop. Stop asking what it thinks. If you're like, let's say you have a beloved best friend and you have a great time together, but your best friend gives you like terrible advice, would you continue to listen to him or her? <laughs> would you continue to accept advice from someone that doesn't give good advice? No. So stop asking what it thinks. When you catch yourself falling in that trap, just stop it. Say, oh, silly me, here I am asking for advice from a source that really doesn't know. I mean, would you ask directions like from someone on the street corner to the airport when they've never even been to the airport and have no idea? No. So stop asking what it thinks. That's number one. I think that's even like before meditation, I would say, because meditation is not easy. I get it. It can be quite challenging and it takes a lot of practice, but something that you can do right away is stop asking it and stop getting caught up in all of its verbiage and chit chat. I don't know. Is that easy to do? I mean, I, I think it is. 
I catch myself all the time. I don't know, it may not be easy, but anyway. All right, so stop asking what it thinks, meditation, being aware of what is going on and tapping into the real source of accurate information. So that is that self, that capital S self, that witness, that observer part of us that we don't always listen to. So Edvin, how many times have you had like this gut instinct to do something, but you don't do it? Oh, there's plenty of times where in my gut, I feel like, oh, this would benefit me or like in the past, if I have made investments for myself, um, my gut tells me, yeah, but my brain just gives me the worst advice. Like you said, I, I don't ask my brain as that, you know, for anything really anymore. Um, I ask other people <laughs> if I need advice. I'm like the last person I'm going to be asking is my brain. Oh, so you're asking the minds of other people. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, let's see. <laughs> Maybe this person who's wiser can, you know, is more experienced. Let's see what his brain can tell me. Because uh, I don't know what my brain can tell me half the time anymore. So <laughs> I don't know yeah. about that. I mean, if my mind is like that messed up, you know, I bet everybody else's mind is that messed up, too. Um. <laughs> Maybe. I, there's like there's sometimes where I, I look up to I have some role models and in, in industries that I'm really interested in and they are quote unquote successful, but it all depends on your perspective of what's success. Right. But a lot of the times I try to reach out to people that have been given me, like you said, if someone gives you awful advice, you're not going to go back to them. Right. You know, and if they do give me decent advice, I, maybe I'll come back and ask them for more about other things. And uh, I only have a, maybe two or three people in my life. And sometimes I'll, I don't even go, to my parents for advice because I don't think they can even help me with things, right? <laughs> but when you when you have some good friends that are have been with you and know know your struggles, uh, you can definitely ask them for advice because they won't give you some backhanded advice that will just not really do anything for you. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that when I started doing work like with Tarot and the Akashic Records, that kind of tapped into like the energy that was being presented. I started having a hard time giving people advice based on my experiences because I realized that how I do things is not necessarily how other people do things and that, and that my mind is biased and has these judgments based on what I experienced. So it's almost like getting more into the healing arts and these intuitive modalities and becoming more aware of my mind. It almost like screwed me up as like a traditional, like psychotherapist, because a lot of psychotherapy, it's not necessarily giving advice, but, you know, as professionals, we have, you know, this database of tools. And this is, you know, how things go. And there's almost like a structure to it in some sense. I was having a hard time because I really had no idea how my clients worked. I really had no idea, like the energy that was going on. So it really screwed me up in the realm of, of trying to give advice when I started realizing that, Hey, 
the place that advice comes from so often is that mind and it's not really giving that grade of advice and it's biased advice. So how in the hell am I, you know, going to do this with authenticity and accuracy? Um, and so too, when you're trying to tap into that gut instinct um, or you're like hesitant about listening because when we don't listen, it, it all goes downhill from there. When you're trying to, you know, whether it's maybe confirm that gut instinct or get clarity around it, I found that using a tool like tarot or Oracle or the Akashic Records helps to create like that non-biased view of what's really going on. And something you said, Edvin, about like other people giving advice, what I think is great in asking other people is that they can give you a different perspective. Like they can't see you're crazy. They're standing outside the crazy. So sometimes they point out right. things that <laughs> we can't see, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's important. But even when I give advice, I hate to be biased uh, a lot of the times what helps is being open-minded, but at the same time, being open-minded is a skill. I think over the years, as you get older, you become more open-minded and to give good advice, you really need to go. You just have to know somebody and you got to know their experiences and what they're really going through and to be as open-minded as possible. Mm -hmm. you know, if that, if that kind of like correlates with what you're saying. Well, it is. And that leads me to being open to what life presents, because remember, our mind doesn't really know what we want. And if we're not open to what is presented to us, then we sometimes miss out on opportunities that, um, you know, we, we could take advantage of. And so, I, th I think too, having an open mind really helps too. just like being open to things that come your way and being open at like that beginner's mind, you know, really just allowing things to happen and saying, Hey, you know, I don't think I'll like this, but maybe I will. And let me just be open to just seeing what happens. Let me experience it and just be open. I don't know. It's the best way I can put it. Life is all about experiences. It's the only way you'll yeah. learn. If yeah. if we're just a computer sitting in a room and you know no one's browsing on our computer, then that computer goes to waste, right? Your brain is trying to experience as many things as possible and then it's trying to compute what it's experiencing. Mm -hmm. So if you're not doing anything, you know, it's you're not utilizing your your computer. That's how I like to look at it since we're yeah. on that tr on that topic of our brain being a computer. Yeah. 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 All right. Are we at the end of our show? Yes. You have about 30 Eesh. seconds here. But Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I go through meditation cards. I do a lot of this in my morning magic course. If you want to check that out, anybody, uh, cwtu.net slash morning magic. I talk a lot about these tools to quiet the mind, to get you to start the day calm, collected, and focused to stop the chatter of the mind and start connecting to that higher source of information instead. Thanks for joining me, and uh, I will see you next time on Coffee with the Universe. 
I'm here every third Tuesday of the month at 2 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me for Coffee with the Universe. Make sure to tune in next time as I continue to share tips and tricks to help you stop waking up anxious, uninspired, and energetically drained in the morning and feel calm, connected to your higher self, and confident instead. If you would like more information on my morning magic course, please visit www.cwtu.net slash morning magic.